Hebrews in Exile, episode number 10 with Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. We have today with us special guest Kevin Holman. And in this episode, we are going to discuss the importance of worship. Don't go anywhere. by Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews in Exile. We have with us in this podcast this evening the worship leader of First Tabernacle Fellowship, Kevin Holman. And he's going to be joining us in our conversation as we converse this evening. You know, Sean, I, I've been thinking about this whole this whole dynamic of the the, the black church and the whole black church and the concept of worship and how over the 20 plus years that we have been um, ministering that worship music for us has changed. And um, it's changed at the behest of the fact that the Most High has provided for us a means of getting what he has given to us directly from him. Mm -hmm. And he has blessed um, our worship leader with that ability to do that. Right. So an immense talent you know, to do yeah. that. Yeah, so, you know, I, I kind of want to hear, I want to kind of <laughs> hear a little bit about, I want to hear a little bit about how this whole thing works with him because he's talked about it before, but, Want him to share all his thoughts and his concept on on himself and what have you, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> man. There's no pressure. Well, first of all, <laughs> I I have to say I'm honored to be a part of this podcast. I think that what you two gentlemen are doing is remarkable. I think it's brave for one because uh, our people typically don't listen to podcasts, and if it is. It's something to do with some sort of entertainment, some sort of 15-step program to better themselves or some 15-step program to ensure you find a mate or fix <laughs> right. yourself or all this madness. Um, I would say that when it comes to worship, um rabbi always says it's not always just about a song but it's about a lifestyle it's about what you bring to the father your dedication and your lifestyle according to torah um that in itself creates a dynamic uh communication for me coming from the father uh, i have been writing worship music since 2004 when we were deep in our Christianity faith. So, um, so, so why, why did you start doing that? I mean, why did you start writing? Why did you start writing worship music for ourselves? Why did, what, 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 what moved you to do that? <laughs> Truth be told, <laughs> I didn't have a choice. <laughs> uh, you know, see, yeah. my, my family dynamic uh, is very blessed in worship. My older brother, Keith, I haven't met anyone who was so gifted 
with this gift of worship. He was my worship leader. And um, <clears throat> I learned how to uh, not present worship, but how to let worship be a part of my life through songwriting and the ability to use what the Father has given me is that's the ability to play music by ear. And we paired together to write some of the most dynamic, beautiful worship music. And um, when he had left uh, the position of worship leader, uh, my sister took over and uh, I began to witness the two differences in worship. She was more of a, uh, how can I say it? Um, I don't think she was really fully invested spiritually. Um, so <clears throat> when she left, um, it fell up on me. And I think I didn't run from it because I knew that it was needed. And I knew my father needed that to be a part of the ministry. So I embraced it, but I knew I didn't have, I didn't have the talent to write worship lyrics. I knew the music was in me, but as far as lyrically, it was a challenge for me, but I knew it can be resolved by one thing and one thing only. And that was to give myself totally, completely to the Father's will. And uh, I remember I, I sat there and I, and I said, how can I do this? I've been playing organs, pianos, drums all my life, and I've never been in the forefront of having to lead a congregation in worship. <clears throat> but the one thing I did know is that I did not want to do Christian Top 40. Keith didn't do Christian top 40. And I knew that the gift was in me. It just had to believe that it could come out. And I wanted it to come out, but I also wanted to be humble in its presentation. So I asked the father, I said, listen, if, if we're going to do this, I'm going to need you to be my lyrical genius. You're going to have to speak to the congregation through me. However that is, I just want to be a vessel, nothing more. Use my gift for your purpose and for this congregation. So in the beginning stages, I remember that the songs were pretty pretty simple. They had a little bit of depth, but I think it was the father's way of trusting me and building a relationship. Because how can you write songs that can impact people if you yourself don't go through the trial yourself first? So in writing the music, I found myself going through some serious trials. And I mean, I'm talking broken spirit stuff, man. And out of that came the most beautiful music that I've ever heard. And it's because the father was building a relationship with me, a relationship of trust. And how he was building that trust was taking me through things. Some things I didn't understand, but my late mother, she always told me that I was special. And she always told me that the father was giving me music not even the angels could sing. And I really didn't understand the depth of that 
until some of the songs that I was writing were very moving to me, but I always took them to her first. And I would say, Mom, listen to this song that Yahweh gave me. And she would sit and she would just, she would close your eyes and she said, Kevin, that's the Father using you. And it's only the beginning. And I would come to her with some of the things I was going through and she was like, the Father's testing you because he knows that you're humble. And over the course of writing songs since 2004 into the present, I think I've probably written over 100 songs. At least. At least. At least. Yeah. But what I've noticed is that in my writing, the writing has, be, has, has more depth to it. And what it is is connecting with people that they sing these songs on their job, in their car, and it's bringing them through something. I mean, it's awesome to have that type of connection with the Father. And the difference between what I do and what modern Christianity do is that they don't have the relationship with the Father. Now, they're blessed to be lyrically inclined to write music, just as pop artists have the gift to write music, rap artists, you know, you name it. They all have the gift to write music. But the difference is that who are they healing through their music? Who are they moving spiritually and connected them to the Father through their music? My only purpose in life and my only purpose in existing and I'm finding out in my older years is that fact that I have been born to do this. It has been in me since birth, since I was seven years old, playing chords on a keyboard, on a piano. And I didn't truly understand that until I became a man and understood my true relationship with Yahweh. And it comes at a cost because we all know that the opposite of Torah is sin. When you are Torahless, you are a sinful person. And there are all kind of distractions that can lead you down that path that are designed to take you off your, off your road. And in that, dealing with that, music has come out of me because I have been challenged. And if you're out there and you're a worship leader and you are not being challenged Something is wrong because out of the depth of the challenge, there has to be victory somewhere. And as long as I know that whatever I go through, there is victory in the end. There's nothing that can stop me because he's proven himself to me. These songs are evident to me through the father that he's constantly proving himself to me. And it is important to me that I remain humble. The only thing that was really holding me back as far as releasing this music into the atmosphere out of the four walls of the congregation was fear. Because I was told and I was asked over and over again, where is your music? How can we find your music? And I spiritually was like, well, it, it ain't for you. It's 40s, 40, 50, 60, 70 people <laughs> that come on Shabbat. Right, right. This is our worship. It became personal to me. But how can you reach the masses 
without re- without not releasing the music. There's two facets. There's teaching, and sometimes people can turn a deaf ear to the teaching. But music has always been that that volcano of eruption to people's emotions. So when they absorb that volcanic ash of spirituality. And it has nothing but Torah and nothing but Yahweh, nothing but nothing but exonerating and, and lifting up our Elohim. Well, they have no choice but to receive it. So it's been it's been an honor and it's still an honor to write this music. The funny thing about it is, is that the father, the father is he's special because sometimes he lays dormant. I will go months without writing a new song. But the minute that spirit is awakened in me, something beautiful comes out. And sometimes I have to catch myself and I look at my hands while I'm playing and I'm like, I don't even know how I'm doing this. When I read the lyrics of these songs, I, you have to be, you really have to come out of yourself and realize that Yahweh himself is just using me as the vehicle to outpour what he wants to say to his people. And some of the songs are songs of healing, songs of joy, songs of redemption, songs of victory. And I tell you, man, I, it's, it's been a, it's been a ride it has been a ride and first tabernacle fellowship they need to understand and realize that what they are getting from the father is truly a gift and i mean i've been blessed to play with one of the baddest drummers <laughs> known to man and i think some of the things we do on the sabbath is is it's crazy i mean sean you are a an anointed dynamic musician and um I've been with you almost twenty years, man. Twenty years, wow! And and you might be my sidekick, man. It's just, I wouldn't know what to do if I had to look back and it was somebody else playing them drums. Oh but, my goodness, thank you. But I have to say this to all you worship leaders: is that it's good that you go into that because I was getting ready to ask you that to ask say me what? to say well, and I know that different worship leaders have come through, uh, you know, visiting us, and and I know you have us. Well, for a worship leader, what would you tell them? Get your life right. <laughs> okay. I'm serious. Get your life right. This, this, is, this is not a job. And get out of yourself. You know, it's easy to get the accolades. It's easy for someone to come to you and say, oh, you're anointed. Oh, you're so dynamic. You, 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 you. But you have to understand something. There, it's, it's never about you. It has never, ever been about you. Understand, everybody has gifts. It's how you use them. It's how you use these gifts. And it's how you give these gifts back so you can receive more gifts. So I give these gifts back to my Elohim, Yahweh, because I know something is coming back to me. You know? And so the thing about it, my mom always says, she said, be careful because there's always a target on your back. Because, you know, the enemy does not want this music to go forth. I mean, we know that we deal with all kind of circumstances in our lives. And the thing about it is people are so quick to say the devil, you know, Satan, the devil, the devil, the devil. They give that, they, they give too much credit, too much credit. 
the opposition comes from the fact that when I'm living Torahless, when I find myself straying from Torah, the Father reminds me that He's all powerful, and He brings things into my life to grab my attention. And I have to realize when I'm going through that trial, when I'm going through that that heartache, or I'm going through that struggle, it ain't the devil. It's the Father reminding me, hey, you got a job to do. And it's just that that nudge that says, man, get yourself back on track. You know, it's just like Rabbi. Rabbi Rabbi does these teachings, man, and it's 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 profound. And sometimes you see the the attacks on his body, you know, but he perseveres, he he pushes through because the word has to get out. I don't want to ever be in the position that the father looks at me and he disassociates himself from me and brings somebody up else up because he'll do that. Oh, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Trust me. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And that's why I remain humble because I don't look at it as if, you know, this this ain't going to happen if I'm, if I'm not bringing this this music forward. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, first half, just look at me because I'm, I'm that. You know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the second wind in this ministry. You know what I'm saying? So because if that's the fact, he just shut me up. And listen, one thing you don't want to have to happen, you don't want him to shut you down. But here, but, but Rabbi, here's the deal. The father will shut it up completely. You understand? I mean, the father will shut it up. See, let me tell you something about worship. Bringing music worshipfully for us, it's an emotional thing, right? It is because our heavenly father is emotional. I mean, I mean, he has proven himself in Torah that he is jealous. That's an emotion. Okay, he has shown himself to be to be joyful, and what, that's, that, these are emotions, right? He gets angry. He gets angry. But here's the deal: he can shut up that emotion, but yet and still the worship still has to go forward, and that's in your life. See, worship will never die because we have to live in worship. What is worship? Worship is telling the Father, "I believe in you. I trust you. I am Torah compliant." That's worship because we are giving him worship for the fact that he gave us Torah. So that means my life has to has to has to be worship of Torah. That's what I worship. I worship Torah. I worship Torah because Torah is him. Because Torah is him, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So listen, don't get it twisted. He will shut the music down completely, and then you're gonna have to come deep into your heart and understand that's where the worship comes from. But see, I don't want that to happen because the thing about it is by bringing the music forward. We get we get we we get the we get the 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 bounty of doing both things. We get the bounty of having this musical presence that can move us emotionally, and also we have the presence of Torah that moves us spiritually. So I don't want to I don't want to remove that. So what that means is I have to what I got to be compliant. Now we all listen. We all fall short. But as long as we recognize that we fall short and we get that nudge from the Father, that's just the Father's love telling you, hey, I'm not giving up on you. Right. Right. I'm not Was giving that up. Grace? That's called grace, yeah. bro. And I don't, and like, let me tell you, like Rabbi used to always say, you just don't know when that ounce of, you don't know where your grace level is. Right. You don't know if this is nine right. or eight <laughs> or, or one. four or one. Or, or one. You or don't know. on 10. Right. You, you just don't know. So I, don't, I just don't want to take the chance, man. So it's just. Worship, worship, and this music—it's, um, it's, it's me, man. It's I'm gonna tell you how life. impactful you are, because I don't, I don't think I've ever told you this, um, and you probably know this already, but I need to, you know, give you some adoration. You know, I, I live in a house um, with three other people, 
and they don't necessarily tend to quote me. Like, okay, for instance, we were here the other day when my mother in love was here and, and, and my wife quoted me. But do you know what they quote the most? I, my kids go through the house singing your songs mm. all the time. I hear more of you mm. than I do anything else in my house. And I know people come up to you afterwards, after we're done ministering, and they say, okay, you know, that got me through whatever this week. I had an experience with the Most High because of that. And I think that that's, you know, even though we're in different facets of, of, of ministry, that's yours is, and that's why I wanted to kind of say, you know, talking to those individuals, your form, what's how you're attacked. Do you feel like when you were back in across the street, it was as just as heavy as it is now, or is it heavier? Here's the thing. It was heavy then. And the reason I'm going to tell you that is because, see, the father never changed. We did. Hmm. Understand? Oh, okay. So yeah, the father never changed. Mm -hmm. He didn't look at me and say, well, you over here in Christendom, so I'm going to ignore you. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just going to, you know, sprinkle a little salt on you. No. He knew. Let me tell you something, man. <laughs> Rabbi, and for those who don't know, that's my dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rabbi used to say, and my mom would tell him, that he's preparing you for something great. So you don't think that Rabbi knew when this man was born out of his womb, out of, out of his mother's womb, that he'd be here where he is today? So he had to be on him from Jump Street, right? So when I was born out of my mother's womb, he already chose me. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? So I was already destined to be here, so it doesn't mean that the impact was less. It's just the fact that he was waiting for me to open my eyes. Right. And when I finally opened my eyes, he said, well, hello. And yeah, he said, I mean, I, do you know how much music I got for you? <laughs> right. Do you know what I got? Finally, somebody woke up and is going to do and it's going to do this music. It's going to communicate to my people what I want them to hear. Right. These right. are love right. songs, right. man. Right. These, right. These, right. Right. When people, when Beacon come up to me, man, and this this is a grown man and he got tears in his eyes. I'm right. like, Cab, Cab, man, but you, I mean, that's the father, man. That's that's Yahweh. So. So, yeah. so tell, tell me about Abide. Abide Abide is one of my favorite songs. When when you first wrote Abide, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't handle it. I'd I'd, I'd cry. I'd cry through that. Do you remember do you remember what the impact was of Abide when you wrote it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the thing about it is that I never there are there are some songs that move me that I I I can't I have to forcibly sing them. Because in my spirit, I'm 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 all over the place. I mean, I boohoo, I do all that because the difference is, is this. When I wrote Abide, that was the first time I saw how awesome he was. Me. Me. I me. He had revealed how awesome he was to me. And when I wrote that song Abide, that's just an expressive an expression of what I felt at that time. Because I could not believe that this Elohim loved me that much. Not to think that I thought less of myself, but for this creator of all beings to choose me and to love me like he does, I had to give it back. And that was his way of telling me, this is how I express myself to you. So when I wrote a bite, I knew it would have an impact. You know what I'm saying? Because... I don't have the words in front of me because everybody knows that I, <laughs> right. for, for a person to write these songs, I, 
Oh, well, thank you, Rabbi. <laughs> Rabbi just brought to me this beautiful uh, songbook that my brother Sean produced. You can find it on uh, you can find it on uh, Amazon. Amazon yeah. It's uh, entitled Hebrew Songs of Praise, uh, Kevin Holman's Volume One. But I'm looking in here, and, and uh, the uh, that song Abide that we're going to talk about can be downloaded from uh, iTunes and from um, Spotify. 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 And, not, yeah. And and for those of you, when this podcast comes out, um, we'll have a new rendition of that uh, song because we're reproducing it as we speak right it's now. It's an awesome so song. It's it gonna, really is. It's, it's going to blow awesome. socks off. I'm just going to give you a few words, but mm. it says, let your awesome power fall on me. Let your glory shower on me. Let your Holy Spirit abide in me. All the honor goes to your holy name. Um, and I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I can really, really go into the song, but I just want, I don't want to give you too much. And the reason why I don't want to give you too much, because what I don't want it to be about, I really don't want it to be about me lyrically. What I really want to just is what I'm presenting to you really is a testimony. It's a testimony to all of you worship leaders out there, or not 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 even just worship leaders, but those who like to communicate to our Heavenly Father in music. When you have a relationship with Him, He will talk to you and communicate to you in the vein of the gift that He gave you. Which so, may even be this a spoken word. It could be spoken word. You know, it's just like with Rabbi. I mean, his communication with Rabbi is through teaching. His communication with, with, with Sean has now been exposed as a great teacher. I mean, Sean, what you do up there, man, teaching-wise is the knowledge, <laughs> the knowledge and the wisdom that your young brain has absorbed in a short time is undeniable. So my testimony to you is this. Whatever your gift is, trust me, when you come humble to that throne, when you come humble to him, he will communicate to you through your gift and your gift will be exposed. It has to because that's why we have the gifts. Right. Is that not why we have the gifts? My gift is supposed to be presented. That's what a gift is. Right. So when the Father has given you a gift, he's giving you that gift because it has to be given. So if you are a spoken word artist, then speak the spoken word. That's a gift. People need to hear it. If you're a soloist or you're a songstress or a songster, give it. That's what your gift is. If you are a worship leader, use the gift to be able to bring people together in worship and, and, and to feel that presence of the Elohim. You know what I'm saying? So that's my gift. My gift was being able at a young age to hear music through my ear. Right? And now what's combination now is that the father is bringing lyrics to this music. There are some days, man, I, I'll have music. I'm playing chords and whatnot. And Sean knows I'll be in there after service is over. I'm sitting there playing right. chords. Working it out. Working it out, right? And the next Absolutely. thing you know, next thing you know, I'm coming with lyrics. Right. And that's the beauty of this whole entire framework, because I, I'm, I'm looking over here at Rabbi. You, you had said what about music? Music is amoral. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all moral. And so when you put words, to it. words to it, yeah. I mean, that's just an amplification. So I'm just it's 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 cathartic to listen to you talk about this. Like you said, the gift that you have. But listen to this, though. Mm -hmm. 
You can go hear an orchestra. There ain't a word being, there's not a word being uttered in an orchestra. But that orchestra will move you. Right. It would move you. The high strings, the low bass, the cello, you know, the flutes, the trombones, the bass, you know, the timbales. I mean, it will definitely move you because our spirit is connected to music. It's connected to music. So that, that's why I'm telling these youngsters, be careful what you take into your spirit. Because if you listen to all this garbage and this stuff is, 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 being, is being absorbed into your spirit, this is what you live in. This is what you walk in. Yeah. And, you know, while, while music is our moral, we have to also realize that there are two spirits in the world. There's a spirit of good and the spirit of evil. And Correct. the spirit of evil will take that same that will take that same amoral thing and turn it into something that will demonize you and cause your soul to be destroyed. But the music that comes from the most high is designed to preserve what he made you. And that's your soul. That's right. Your soul. That's right. Your soul. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, I think when you gentlemen are talking, I think about going all the way back to Bereshit, which is Genesis. And, and the very first narrative that we hear that the Most High give us, or at least through Moshe, the Most High, which is the same thing. I'm going to say something about that, too. But what happened? Over the waters, the Most High spoke. He spoke. The reverberation of sound created everything right right that right. we you know can experience right now so it's to be able to be able to be used by the most high as a vessel for that that's that's an awesome thing to me i i mean i'm, I'm gonna get really deep on you mm -hmm. because we talk about music as just those who can hear right we we, we talk about music and we talk about music almost singular singular singulatory or singular as to those who can hear. But the Father created all beings, even those who are deaf. How do deaf people hear music? Vibration. Vibration. So even then, he gave the deaf the ability to hear music. Right? So, I mean, he's awesome because he knew how important it was that he did not leave anybody out. Yeah. He didn't leave anybody out. And that's the beauty of it because... He created all beings, even the ones that we say are imperfect. To him, they're perfect. Mm -hmm. So if he sees that they're perfect, they're going to get the same benefits that we do. They may receive it differently. Right, right. But they're definitely going to get the same benefits that we do. Yes. Yes, sir. So this has been Hebrews in Exile, and uh, we're talking about worship and worship music on uh, this podcast. And trying to express to all of our Hebrew people in exile that the Father speaks to us in many ways, and music certainly is one of the creative things that he used. Uh, when we came out of slavery, um, the first thing that Miriam did when they got on the other side of the Red Sea, she took out that tambourine, man, and they created she something. Threw I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what they were singing, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, all, all, all 
all recognition to the Church of Christ. They didn't have an organ. They had a tambourine, and they was on that river stomping their feet and beating that beating that that tambourine and and singing praise to the Most High. That could have only been an expression directly from the Shemayim, which is the heaven, into their souls and their spirit. And this is the kind of thing that we experience here uh, in our worship set at the ministry here at First Tabernacle Fellowship. So I just wanted to bring. Uh, bring our worship leader in and have him an opp- give him an opportunity to express uh, some of the things that we hear every Shabbat. Because he got something to say every Shabbat. And that's good. That's good. <laughs> he got something to say every Shabbat. That's beautiful. So, it's a good um, thing. Good thing, yeah. Well, I mean, touching on that, I mean, I don't know how much time I got, but I'm going to tell you. You got all the time in the world. Let me tell you something about that. <laughs> there's, there's, there's two facets to what I what I bring to worship. Um, when I was a young man, I, I really I didn't talk a lot because I stuttered, and uh, you know when you got siblings, they'd be jacking you. You know they want to call you right. They clown on all the time. They clown all the time. <laughs> right. But I was always in the background because I had sisters and a brother who could blow the roof off a church, so I didn't I didn't have to speak. But in this vein now. Um, the reason why I minister like I do in between songs or whatever is because I have something different to give than what you and Rabbi and 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 Kohanim, you know, John, mm-hmm. you guys are teachers. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so for me, I I communicate more with possibly what a congregation can be going through. So my my speaking kind of adheres to testimonial stuff, right? I, I try to uplift. And the thing about it is this. I never come out of pocket because there's two things that I cannot do. And I've tried one of the things. I've tried to write a song. Okay. And it... it <laughs> we got we didn't pass the first sentence. I, man. Because <laughs> I, I was trying this little experiment. Okay. And it, 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 was, it was horrible. So it proved to me that, yeah, you don't write songs. Elohim, Yahweh is your writer because I had professed that in the beginning that you need to help me to do this. And I'm going to help you to do this. Stop writing because you, you, that's, that's not your gift. That's not your gift. And the other thing I'm not going to do, I am not going to get up here and open my mouth and say stupid stuff. Just because I got a mic and, I, and, 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 and the camera is on me. That's crazy. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you come out of pocket, you will sound like a donkey. Yeah, for real. And people ain't stupid. Right. And they be like, what, what are you saying? <laughs> and you mess up and say some stuff up in there, man, you can't take back. So when I do talk, it's just an expression of what the Father has given me, my experiences. And maybe it can help someone out there. Maybe that testimony I give or what I've experienced on the job or just in society alone or whatnot can help elevate someone. Maybe they've gone through the same thing and they feel like they're not alone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But once again, that has become a gift. That has become something that the Father is using because it's like what I'm finding out is I'm maturing a lot more in how I do worship because the music is becoming more deep. And with the depth of the music comes more of the depth of the responsibility also to communicate to the congregation. I can get up there and mm-hmm. just sing songs and, and walk away. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But 
that's not how he's using me. And I have to recognize that, okay, that you're taking me here now? Right. Okay, that's cool. I'm with you. You, you, you know, the, the other thing that um, while, you're, while you're speaking that I, I thought about too, you know, some of your coldest prophets, the king of Israel, they all musicians. And that's not except for nobody in this room, because everybody in this room is a musician. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. 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 King King David was the greatest musician of them all. Right. So do you, so for both of you, I mean, you because you both came up in leading ministries, is that that is that kind of a, a, a career path for musicians some some kind of way? Is you ultimately become more of a you get into teaching more, you get into an expression. Or from an oratory perspective, because I'm noticing that a lot is like most of the musicians that I grew up that were cold blooded are now teaching. Right, right, mm. right. So, so I mean, you, is you that, know that 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 rolls over into the secular world as well. Um, there is a young lady. Um, uh, her name is Esperanza Spalding. Esperanza Spalding is a young lady. She plays. She plays the bass. Uh, she's been playing the bass for a long time, and she's very good. Uh, she's been out on the on the, on the jazz circuit playing, but now uh, she's a teaching professor mm. at one of the schools. She's teaching teaching music in one of the schools. So I think it's one of the things that I see that people that really that really gravitate to music uh, wind up wind up doing in some aspect. Mm -hmm. All the greats teach. Yeah. Quincy Jones teaches. You know, all the greats teach, and all within the within the uh, the the gospel world, majority of the great gospel singers were are, are were all teachers. We and we've all come up under them. So yeah, it's one of the things that happens. I mean, that's why I think it's a, probably a yeah. great fit for yeah. what we have is because not only we did get the intellectual expression of scripture, we get the emotional part, which is worship. You know. And that which ties it all together, it makes it one. You know, one speaking whole piece. speaking to Hebrews and exile, and talking about music and talking about worship. Uh, one of the things from our historical background that we have is the ability to communicate through song. Um, slavery, the conversation of slavery, was a conversation of song. It carried a message, and our people were very instrumental in, in in doing that. The old Negro spirituals, so to speak, were actually songs of conversation that the Most High gave them so that they were able to communicate with each other in the uh, in the passing of going through the experiences that they were going through. And those lyrics and those words that they that they expounded came directly from him. I mean that was that was his way of of helping them to to accomplish the great missions that they have been able to accomplish. Well, you know, we just wanted to uh, share some things with our, our people that are in exile, that are Hebrew, and, uh, you know, give you an opportunity to hear the fact that we do have some unique worship music that's not within the mainstream of, of Christian music, but it's directly, directly from the Most High, and we are enjoying it, and we're loving. been talking to... Kevin Holman, my son, mm. the worship leader Thank of our congregation oh, yeah. of uh, First Tabernacle Fellowship. Uh, this is Rabbi Robert B. Holman and...
Sean Appleton. This has been Hebrews in Exile. Shalom. 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 Shalom.